You are listening to the Journal of Rheumatology's Editor's Picks with Dr. Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief. Hello again from Toronto, where I think the summer has finally come. I'm Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, bringing you four articles from the June edition that I believe will be of particular interest to the readership of the Journal of Rheumatology. I thought I would change things up today and start with an article on psoriatic arthritis rather than one on RA, which I usually start with. This article is entitled Radiographic Progression Improvement with Intravenous Golimumab in Psoriatic Arthritis. Week 24 results of a phase three randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial and is by Kavanaugh and colleagues. In this study, the authors reported on the effects of intravenous golimumab, a monoclonal anti-TNF antibody, on the early radiographic progression in patients with psoriatic arthritis. It is entitled the GoVibrant Study. I always enjoy the acronym used for, this, for these studies. And this is part of a previously reported phase three double-blind placebo-controlled randomized trial that involved 480 patients with psoriatic arthritis from 90 sites who received either intravenous golimumab or placebo. This article examined the secondary endpoint, which was radiographic progression from baseline at week 24 using the PSA-modified total Sharp-Vanderheide score, as read by two independent readers who were blinded to the treatment arm. Read this article to determine for yourself if the differences in radiographic progression between treatment and placebo groups were clinically significant. You will also find out if concomitant methotrexate decreased the radiograph graphic progression in the golimumab group, and if the radiographic progression was or was not associated with the clinical response to therapy. The second article to highlight examines that favored subject of serum biomarkers predicting response to therapy in patients with rheumatoid arthritis as an, and it's entitled, Serum Biomarkers for the Prediction of Response to Methotrexate Monotherapy in Early Rheumatoid Arthritis, results from the SWIFOT trial, and is by Hambardziman and colleagues. For those who remember, I highlighted another biomarker study in RA last month, which was accompanied by an editorial. You may want to read these articles again or read them for the first time if you missed them. In this study, the authors examined if the multibiomarker disease activity score, the so-called MBDA, which examines the same 12 analytes used in the previous studies, predicted response to methotrexate in 298 DMARD naive patients who were part of the previously ascribed Swedish pharmacotherapy or the so-called SWIFLOT trial. The authors examined which of the analytes measured at baseline predicted the outcome of a low DAS-28 at three months and how the composite score performed. Find how the composite score of a subgroup of analytes performed and which analytes the authors used and the rationale for choosing these analytes. This article in combination with the increasing number of articles 
on the use of MBDA score, or in the case of this article, a subset of the total score will help you in coming to the decision whether the MBDA is helpful in guiding clinical decisions in your everyday practice and whether you should even use it. The third article examines the increasingly recognized use of antihydroxomethylglutarate-CoA reductase, or HMGCA myopathy, and is entitled Rituximab in the Treatment of Refractory Anti-HMGCR Immune-Mediated Necrotizing Myelitis, and is by Landon, Cardinal, and colleagues. There is an associated editorial entitled Treatment of Refractory and the HMG coase reductase myopathy, a role for rituximab, and is by Mammon. I'm certainly glad that both the original article and the editorial used the abbreviation for HMG coase reductase rather than the hydroxymethyl coa, which I do not want to pronounce too many times. HMGC our myopathy is a, is a myositis subtype that is characterized by proximal muscle weakness, elevated CK levels, anti-HMGCR antibodies, and a necrotizing myositis, which is usually, but not always, associated with use of statins. This myositis is generally associated with a poor long-term outcome. In this case series, the OSID described their experience using anti-B cell therapy with rituximab in nine patients with anti-HMG-CR myopathy who were refractory to previous therapies. Patients on the average had been treated with three prior immunotherapies. These nine patients are from a total of 46 patients seen since 2009 by the author's institution. Please read this article and the accompanying editorial to see if you think rituximab has a role in the treatment of your patients with refractory anti-HMG-CoA myositis, in which approximately one-third of patients are said to be refractory to standard therapy. The editorialist also suggests some other novel potential therapies. Whenever possible, I'd like to end with a pediatric article, and today is not different. So the last article to highlight is entitled, Predicting Which Children with Juvenile Idiopathic Arthritis Will Not Attain Early Remission with Conventional Treatment. Results of the Reach Out Cohort and is by Guzman and colleagues on behalf of the Reach Out Investigators. The Reach Out Investigators are a group of Canadian-wide pediatric rheumatologists who have been studying disease outcomes in JA for more than 10 years. The aim of this study was to estimate the probability of early remission with conventional treatment in patients with JIA. The rationale was that the early identification of children with JIA with a low chance of remission may be candidates for initial or early treatment with either a biologic or multiple DMAR therapy. To achieve this goal, the examined data from 1,074 patients enrolled in the Research in Arthritis Canadian Children, emphasizing outcomes for the Reach Out cohort. The outcome was clinical inactive disease for greater than or equal to 
six months starting within one year of diagnosis, a patient with JA who did not receive early biologic agent or multiple DMARDs. Please read this article to see how the author's model, which used 18 clinical variables, performed as compared to using the standard JA categories alone in predicting clinical inactive disease for greater than six months. And conversely, how it, was, it could predict which patients would not achieve this desirable outcome. There's an editorial by Heyrich entitled, Predicting Remission Remains a Challenge in Patients with Juvenile Idiopathic Arthritis that goes nicely not only with this article, but also with the article on RA and biomarker. I again want to thank you all for listening to my review of what I feel felt were particularly interesting articles appearing in the June 2019 issue of the Journal of Rheumatology. I hope my summaries will lead you to read not only these four articles, but in fact, all the articles in the June edition of the journal. Please read either the print edition or the online edition, which can be found at www.jroom.org. If you have any comments on this summary or any articles appearing in the Journal of Rheumatology, please send them to manuscripts at jroom.com. And I hope you will listen next month to my editor's suggestions for the July 2019 edition of the Journal of Rheumatology.